All right, Trivia Kids, we are back for the last Trivia Kids podcast of 2022. We are breaking down all of Week 17's games, giving out the ones that we're betting. We also have a couple of teams we like to throw in a teaser. It's a good one. Let's go. And welcome to Trivia Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is the last episode of the 2022 season. Time has flown by. I don't know where it went. As always, I'm... Here with my good friend, Michael. How are we doing today? Good, sir. I am doing well, and you are right. It just flies by every year. It just it really just puts into perspective how quick life just right by. Right by. In the NFL season, interesting board this week. Not the best of games, but so many games that have deep consequential meaning as we get to this point in the season. A lot of things still up in the air. A lot of news throughout the league, and... I got to say, it's going to be an interesting week. We had we got bowl season in full effect right now. We got the college bowls going in playoff this weekend. We have an electric game between my Xavier Musketeers and UConn on Saturday to get the day kicked off. And then best news of all, my good old state of Ohio is bringing legalized gambling starting on Sunday at 12.01 a.m. It's going to be a good week. I'm, I'm very excited. It's about time they've done it over there in every state at this point. I mean, what are we waiting for? It should be a nationwide just situation we got going on it's, it's unbelievable we're turning into old people we were talking a little pre-show you know how i know i'm getting really old my favorite gift for christmas this year was a cardigan <laughs> and and i'm excited that i don't have to go out to the bars for new year's eve and i'm just going to a house party like i'm ecstatic i'm turning into an old white dude over here um it, but we're getting older and and this time of season it changes from time to time here. Yeah. It does, and yeah, and there's nothing wrong with that that New Year's that New Year's plan you got there. It, it's much easier, and you know you're you're gonna be able to watch the games. You'll be comfortable, oh, much better. I'm so excited! If only the good state of Ohio had the fortune to put uh, legalized betting on three th- December 31st instead of January 1st, but that's neither here nor there. We will continue to find our workarounds, and we are recording on Thursday, so <laughs> we are not going to break down the Thursday night game. God, that's going to be that. You might as well that Cowboys Titans game might as well just be a preseason football game because <laughs> who knows who's going to be playing in that one and how how long people are going to be playing for the Cowboys in that game. I mean, yeah, I agree with you, and just the, the turn that the Titans season has kind of taken. Uh, oh. I, we kind of saw it coming, but kind of not. I didn't expect it to be like turn like this. Um, yeah, I mean they're just they're just went from kind of being on top of the AFC at one point to just being very much an afterthought. Yep, I mean they still could technically sneak their way in. Got to mm-hmm. win. Got to have some yep. things break their way. But whew, man, yeah, that's a team. And we got news today that Dobbs will be starting. Willis is going to sit. I don't think that's the end of the world for Willis. I mean, we all knew coming into this league. Like many rookie quarterbacks, he's a project. Yeah, I wouldn't take it too hard. I'll be interested to see what that sophomore year looks like for him. That The sophomore year is the most impactful year, I think, for quarterbacks because it's that year where they can't, as long as they stay at the same level or progress a little bit, then I'm, I got hope for them in this league. But if right. they decline, that's a, uh-oh, what's going on here? Is it simply that they were okay in their rookie season because they just didn't have tape on them yet? How are they adjusting? What was their offseason look like? So... Not the end of the world for him to bench. We knew who's a long-term project. Still has talent in there. Um, but, man, whew, it is It's interesting how bad the Titans season has fallen apart. Yeah, for sure. All right. First meaningful game. My Buccaneers playing the Panthers. This line looks much different from when they first showed down earlier in the season. The line is set at three. Over-under is set at 40 and a half. 
Oh, man. Things are. I tweeted it this weekend. I think this might be the most painful experience I've had watching the Buccaneers. And that's saying something in my lifetime. 29 years on the planet. This is the least amount of fun I think I've had watching this Buccaneers team because it is unaspiring football. It's week-to-week just head-scratching what's going on from a coaching decision. Injuries are piling up. It's just there's no rhyme or reason. Week-to-week just stupid stuff happens. I mean, that Bengals game, first half, offense looked beautiful. Second half? Yeah. We couldn't tie our shoelaces correctly. It was, I mean, just pitiful from start to finish. The Panthers here, they're a dangerous team. You can't take the ball, your eye off the ball with them. They're playing hard for their interim coach and Wilkes. They want him to be their guy. Mm-hmm. They've seen to found success with their two-headed monster in the backfield post-Christian McCaffrey trade, which I don't think a lot of people saw coming, but they're running the ball well. And Sam Darnold, to his credit, when he's been called upon, he's played pretty decently. Under the radar, pushing the ball for the first time in his career really decently um this is a game that presents some interesting matchups how are you feeling about this one starting off our uh, sunday slate it doesn't I, I i totally understand why you're insanely frustrated with the bucks i remember you know the, our preseason breakdowns we felt pretty good about this buccaneers team um yeah. it's just it's just the wheels have really fallen off for whatever reason tom and, and mike evans their, their timing is just it's gone i don't know what's going yep. on there um then like you said it's i feel like an offensive lineman goes down every single game um yeah it's it's pretty worrisome over there and then you look over there carolina they definitely want steve wilkes to be the coach he didn't really get a fair shake at his only head coaching gig i think out in arizona so i mean we know the guy can coach um and you said the two-headed monster over there that it's working out for him and then last game they they finally thought hey maybe we should get dj more more involved um (laughs) so that's a good idea so I think I, I don't know if I'm confident. I'm not confident enough to take them on the money line. I probably think Tom squeaks out another W, um, but I think I'd probably take Carolina plus three. Yeah, the the injury report's going to be an interesting one for the Bucks here because the offensive line may be a little bit healthier this week. They opened up um, Ryan Jensen's 20-day window or whatever it is nowadays, so he's pr- he's lightly practicing. He may pop up in this game. Worth may be here. Donovan Smith should be a little bit healthier. If this offensive line can get a little bit healthier, a little bit more rhythm, that's going to be good. The real problem with me backing the Bucks here and the thing that I'm I'm struggling to put down the money at three is I don't know what we're going to get with Leftwich. The Panthers are down their best corner in Horn. It's a banged-up secondary. Logically, you would think, all right, let's start to attack them early. We have the worst rushing attack in the NFL. It's even worse on first down. We are very predictable there. Let's start passing the ball a little bit on first down. Let's try to take advantage of this banged up secondary and get ahead of the sticks. I don't know if Leftwich is going to do that. And then you flip the side of the ball. The thing that also makes me nervous here is via they, we don't really know. He was on the practice report on Wednesday, but it seemed to be a very light day. He may or may not be able to go. If he can't go in the middle, that's another guy missing from that offensive line. That rushing attack could be harmful there. So it's just there's so many unknown variables that I I don't have a good I don't have a good pick here right now. The injury report is going to be very crucial. If Via can go, if that offensive line's looking a little healthier, I might have a little bit more, you know, a little bit more oomph in picking the Bucks here, but Leftwich is really the wild card for me. And it's just it's been inept coaching week in and week out. So it's it's hard to be a Bucks backer and take a Bucks ticket to the window when we've seen the Panthers playing pretty tough football and they beat up on a Lions team that had everything in front of them and had been playing better and they just took them to the wood chipper on the ground. Uh, they've beat up 
two contending playoff teams in the last two weeks, Seattle yep. and Detroit. So, I mean, they're, they're playing well. That they are. All right. Browns commanders. The line is one and a half. Commanders are the favorite over under 40 and a half. And I have to ask you first question off the bat. How are we feeling about Carson Wentz starting this football game? Because that news, that news took me a little bit by surprise. I'm not going to lie. I always kind of thought deep down they did want to have an opportunity to get Carson back in there just because, you know, they did invest in him. This, this staff did invest in him. They put $28 million in them, draft picks into him. So I'm not overly shocked. Um, Taylor had an actually nice first half against San Fran. It's just the second half things really unraveled for them there. And I, I just think they, they think Carson could do more, which I think he can too, but I, I his movement in the pocket is just poor. Um, and Miles Garrett terrifies me. So I, I don't feel great, but I wouldn't really feel great if Taylor was playing either. But at the same time, I look at the other side of the ball there and Deshaun Watson, he's not playing well at all. He's going for like 150 yards a game. It, it's not going well. Nick Chubb is, he's, not injured, but he is kind of nicked up a little bit. No pun intended. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, and he did say he plans on playing the final games here. So I don't know. I, I think hopefully Washington just realizes how much more we have to play for here and we can just get this dub. We need it badly. We haven't actually won a game in a month after rolling. Um, but yeah, so I'm a little, little worried here, but I, I do think we can cover just because I, I just don't think this Cleveland team really is playing very inspiring football right now yeah i'd agree and i mean last week was a, a big step up for the commanders i mean the 49ers are arguably the best team in football right now the way they're playing you pl- doesn't matter who's behind center you plug and play and they are absolutely kyle shanahan is coaching circles around guys right now the team's coming together i think the thing that most surprised me about carson Wentz being injected back into this lineup is because when we last saw him he was playing such uninspired football and you could see it Almost, maybe it's a little bit too much reading into the tea leaves from your couch, but it, it did feel like it had an effect on the overall football team, um, where Tyler Henneke at times could get them up and going. And, you know, that may have weared as the season's gone on, where Tyler Henneke's deficiencies have been kind of shown a little bit more, but he's still got that real big fight in him. Um, and this is a team that rallied behind him. But yeah, last week's, it's tough to make a case against the Commanders based on last week's sample size because the 49ers are just playing some of the best ball in the NFL right now. It's it's yeah. ungodly. Um, mm-hmm. The Browns are an interesting spot. I mean, I don't really know if they have much fight left in them this season. Um, the Commanders are playing for something here. The motivation is all on them. They control their, their destiny here as long as they can right. kind of win out the rest of the season. Carson does scare me because we know what Carson Wentzon is. But, yeah, I think I'd be a backer of the commanders here over the Browns in this one um, going forward. Yeah. All right, Saints-Eagles, line 6.5, over under 42.5. And And Dennis Allen is the god-awful worst head coach. I mean, the fact that in last week's just horrific weather game, he didn't take uh, Taysom Hill and just run it down the Browns' throat was mind-boggling. We had Andy Dalton back there trying to play football against the Browns like minus five-degree weather. When you have Taysom Hill paying him all that money, he's just sitting over there collecting dust on the sideline. The, the scheme week-to-week week is incompetent. We saw it in the Bucks game a couple weeks ago. I mean, the guy is a great defensive coordinator, but my God, an atrocious head coach at this point. Yep, terrible. I, I, it was the perfect opportunity to get your money's worth out of Taysom Hill and they were just like nah we're all right we're just we're gonna, <laughs> we're gonna have the red rocket sit back there 
<laughs> trot old Andy out there. He knows he knows the state of Ohio well. I mean, yeah, I just like I I don't I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I I, I think Jalen's playing this week. Um, so even if he doesn't, I still feel pretty good about the Eagles' just ability to put up points to where they yep. can probably cover this spread here. So yeah, I, I like Philly. Yeah, I'm with you. It's a simple breakdown of that one. I haven't bet it yet, but I'm with you on that. Cardinals-Falcons, we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Are the Cardinals in trouble, man? This franchise, the full panic button meltdown internally. There's a video going around of Lincoln Riley, or not Lincoln Riley, of Cliff Kingsbury in the locker room just like, oh, man, this is bad after the game. It's, I mean, it's... That isn't even the right... I don't know if I have the right word to describe the Cardinal situation right now. Um, yeah, it's very bizarre. It's kind of funny. I actually... I I mix Lincoln Riley and Cliff Kingsbury up all the time, too. It's yep. funny you did that there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's an absolute mess. And then adding on to that, I, I, I saw this story like a week ago. Maybe it's already been resolved so if it is i'm sorry but then you know there is there was the thing that happened in mexico but now they're they're not maybe it was the gm and it wasn't actually <laughs> so maybe it was steve kine but it wasn't whoever their offensive coordinator or whoever offensive line coach was yep that's bizarre um <laughs> yes um yeah and both of these teams here they're they're terrible um i i probably lean falcons just because i think the cardinals are just even more of a poop show right now. Yep, they're dead money. Absolute dead money. The fact that they lost to the Bucks in overtime was the nail in the coffin on this season. Um, if you have a Cardinals under ticket this year, congratulations. This team stinks. Laugh out loud. Stinks. Um, talk about a team playing uninspired football. I do feel bad for J.J. Watt, though. That was a... That was yeah. a very um, emotional press conference because you could tell, like, he's a humble guy. He appreciates his time in the NFL. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. I think people sort of sleep on just how dominant he was when he was at his prime because his brother has just been an absolute monster. But when J.J. was at his prime, I mean, there were legit arguments for MVP of the league because he was that yeah. impactful to the game. Um and it, it does suck because he didn't, he didn't get a shot at a championship. Um, that is unfortunate. You could tell that that pains him a little bit. But honestly, a, a very humble guy who had a great press conference, had an amazing career, is going to be a Hall of Famer. And one of those like great aspiring stories of just a guy who just gritted it out and made it. Um, so I do feel for him at this point in his career playing for yep. a team that just it has got no juice right now, just zero juice on the football field. Yeah, terrible. And I could... I mean, just kind of going off top, not really off topic. I could totally see a DeAndre Hopkins offseason trade. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to have to start shipping some assets because that Kyler Murray hit is going to be tough, tough to yeah. swallow. Um, you're sort of in a rebuild, even though you don't want to be. They position, yeah. their, they position themselves horribly. Uh, they put their chips in, and they had two – they had two sets of twos in their hand, yeah. um, thinking they had a pair of aces there. So they're, they're sitting at the table at, at the laughing stock right now, um, and they, they need to gain some assets because this this is a long-term project that they they did, unfortunately did not plan for. Yeah. All right, Jacksonville Jaguars playing the Texans. The line is four, over, under, 43 and a half, and I am seeing some of the wildest takes circulate around the, the internet right now because Trevor Lawrence, to his credit, has been playing some fantastic football down the stretch. But I saw a take this week from some account out there that, I mean, I got to give it up to the guy. I, I've posted them a couple times on my TikTok. 
next skip Bayless. I mean, the man's just throwing out hot takes left and right. He said he'd take Trevor Lawrence over every quarterback but Patrick Mahomes at this point in the season. And I've got to say, just just a French kiss, beautiful hot take. But people were out here literally putting him in their top fives at points here. He's played great football, but it's a very short sample size. But the Jags are still playing for something. And credit is due where credit is due. They have played good football. They're playing the Texans, who have been known to play some stiff competition within division rivalry games. The line's four, over under 43 and a half. What do you make of all this? Yeah, I mean, obviously Jacksonville has a lot to play for. Um, I mean, battling there with Tennessee, but like you said, Houston Houston has been fighting. They've been a feisty team, um, so that's something I have to be a little worried about, but I just think the way Jacksonville's playing, the way Trevor Lawrence is playing right now, I, I'd probably go with them. I mean, they're, they're fun offense to watch. It's just they don't really have, like, any, like, superstars, but every wide receiver is good. It's just like – and that works. So, yep. I mean, so yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd go with Jacksonville. They kind of need to get ETN going again. He, he's kind of hit a little bit, a little bit, maybe he's not a rookie, but it kind of, he kind of is a rookie. He didn't play last year. He's hitting kind of a rookie wall. But, um, yeah, I'd take Jacksonville here. They just have a lot more to play for, even though Houston, Houston is playing pretty feisty right now. But I just feel better about the Jags. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um the Jags, we ripped them hard in the preseason for the amount of money they spent on that wide receiver room to not have a number one dude. But my God, I mean, collectively as a unit, they're playing good football. They're still missing a number one dude, which we'll see what what the ceiling is. We, we're definitely a podcast and a group that you know values number one wide receivers and, and believe in their true value as one of the most valuable positions on the football field outside of quarterback, obviously. Mm-hmm. The Jags elected to just spend money on a bunch of quality dudes and build a a team that has just a bunch of guys that can be solid together as a core. Once again, we'll see when they step up in competition, that becomes harder, but they're, they're way further ahead in their rebuild than I think even the most optimistic people would have thought this year. And man, does it pay to have a good off, a good offensive minded head coach at the helm of things when you have a young, young core? Yes, it does. All right. Lions bears. This is a game I have placed a wager on. The line is set at six, over under 52 and a half. The Bears are, or not the Bears, the Lions are also a team further ahead than I think anybody thought they were going to be at the beginning of the season. They are still on the bubble. They are still fighting for an opportunity to get into the playoffs. They're playing good collective football. The Bears stink. I mean, just an absolute crap show week in and week out. At this point, they should 100% never think to play Justin Fields another snap this season, is my opinion. He is the future of your franchise. I do not know why anybody would ever think to play him at this point, but that's neither here nor there. What do you make of this game from a betting standpoint, and kind of how are you breaking this one down? My instant lean is definitely definitely leaning on the Lions. I hope I am wrong. Me as a Washington fan can really use the L's for them. Uh, But the Bears... God, they're bad. They've lost eight straight, and it's—I've never seen like such a like a fun quarterback to watch while just losing games. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's very—it's kind of bizarre just because the way you talk about Fields, he is—he's electric and fun to watch. But you think he'd be like winning games, but he's not, which nope. is okay. Um, the team's not very good. Um, no. He needs—he needs a lot of help around him. Um, he, he just doesn't have it right now. But that is a team that we know in the offseason. We we know the cap space. Oh my god! It could, yeah, it, it could get scary. Who knows? Um, but I mean, yeah, just I mean, the ungodly amount of money they have to spend. Now they could 
be idiots and just spend it in the worst way possible because we've seen it. Yeah, the free agency field is a minefield to navigate, but man, if they are smart about it and they're smart with a draft, whew, things could turn around quickly for this organization. They could reload real fast, and I mean, it's it's already a division that we're seeing, you know, changing of the guard to begin with. Um, so yep. yeah, they could totally take advantage here. Um, but I'm just kind of leaning towards Detroit. I mean, they they looked. They looked pretty poor last week. I think they'll do better once they get back at home. Um, so, and I'm also leaning towards the over as well. No, neither of these teams can play defense. Nope. Um, so I, I, I'll take over the 52 and a half. Yeah, I, this is one you're in the dome in Detroit. We know Jared Goff is much better in that environment, in the controlled atmosphere. He's getting another weapon back from Josh Reynolds, who's coming back from illness. Um, the offensive line, Logan Stinnenberg's looking to be a, a, a pretty good upgrade here. Um, some other pieces will be coming back for the Lions. So, yeah, I do just think the Bears have zero ability to play defense right now. Dan Campbell, we've talked about him. His biggest attribute is getting the guys going, coming off a loss. That's a spot where there's a lot of motivation online. They're mentally going to be ready for this game. They're going to be playing with high emotions. I do wonder how much fight the Bears really have in them, um, especially if the Lions are playing downhill fast, trying to punch in the mouth early. This could be a game where the Bears just tap early. So, yeah, I am on the Lions. I did place a small wager. I may up that a little bit depending on where this line goes, um, but I am on the Lions. Dolphins, Patriots, Lions, 2.5. Patriots are the favorite over under 41 and a half and we got to talk about it mac jones is just a punk man that kid i mean he fits the stereotype so well too he's an absolute punk dirty move on Ali, uh, eli apple there at the end it's not the first time he's done it it's also why we've seen him take some pretty brutal hits um because defensive guys do not like mac jones and i think the thing that made me was it the dirtiest of plays no. Was it unnecessary in a dirty play? Yes. And I think the thing that pisses me off the most is he is a quarterback who is protected to the utmost of the ref's ability. And to go out there and make a play like that, you got a couple things coming to you, I think, buddy. I'm not going to feel bad when they do. Yeah, I agree. He's got a lot of Grayson Allen in him. <laughs> oh, yes, Allen he does. That's a, good, that's a good yeah. comparison. <laughs> he really does. I mean, he even has like, you know, I'm not being mean, but he kind of like that annoying face. Like, yes. <laughs> but yeah, he, he just has a lot of that in him. So yeah, I, I will be surprised, you know, if, you know, you keep seeing Mac Jones take some rough hits. Cause like you said, defenses do not like him. They don't no. like him at all. And then, I mean, maybe we should talk about the quarterback on the other side. I mean, it's getting like concerning for him. Like, yeah. That's just like scary. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, I preface this because I, I think the only criticism when we see media personalities, it's like, you're not a doctor, you don't know, but we know doctors have not been the best looking out for players in the NFL. I do say, I mean, you've got two this year in a short period of time. You got to sit it down, I think. Like, if you get a third this year, I mean, that's scary. Like, that is yeah. life-altering potentially down the line. Um, I think just at this point, two quick concussions like that, playing the way he did last week, it's just like, man, at this point, you got to worry about your health. Long term, the Dolphins aren't winning a Super Bowl this year. I know they pushed in some chips. You're not winning the Super Bowl this year. Like, you got to sit it yeah. down, think of your future. He just recently got married, I believe. I don't believe he has kids, but like, there's a future here in Miami. You played well enough. I think that your job is secure. It is, it is scary right. down there. It is. And it's just scary is that he, once again, kept playing like, yep. what is going on um yeah so that's very freaky and then you know just looking at miami as a team here like i don't even know what to 
even think of them. I mean, it's crazy. Like, you look at their schedule, they start off with three wins, then they lost three, then they won five. Now they've lost four. It's, their schedule has been, they're just the most hot and cold team I think I've ever seen. I agree. And I think the evaluation's a little weird that the market's doing here. That The swing in market price when they downgraded to a, Teddy Bridgewater yeah. is starting. He's a very competent quarterback. He is a professional. And the one oh, yeah. thing that makes me nervous if you're going to be a Patriots backer is how is this offense going to take advantage of this Miami defense? Because Miami you can take advantage of through the air. But right. the Patriots have shown zero ability, especially recently, outside of the miracle tip ball that Jacoby Myers caught in that Bengals game, to be able to push it down the field, especially taking advantage of the sidelines. So, like, Teddy Bridgewater, sure, he's not going to give you as an explosive look as Tua has given. We've seen when he's had to come in for Tua. But he's still a very competent, professional oh, yeah. quarterback who can run this offense. In New England, I don't, I don't really buy into their ability as an offense to pressure the defense of Miami like you have to be able to do in order to cover this game. So I think the point spread swing all of a sudden gives Miami value because starting the week, I didn't see value in this game, but I do kind of see value in Miami right now. I think they've downgraded them too far in the market. I I definitely agree with that take. As we know, we've seen Teddy. He's perfectly capable of getting the ball into playmakers' hands, so I, they'll be fine, I think. Yeah, and this is a game that I'm enter- entertaining with a couple teaser opportunities. There's a couple games on this board to tease through the 3-7 and seven that present a really good opportunity, and I think the Dolphins is definitely up there as one yeah. of them. All right, next game on the board, Broncos-Chiefs line is at 2.5. Chiefs are obviously the favorite over under 44.5, and, and the Denver Broncos said, hack it, you can't hack it. I'm hilarious. Um, the line is at 12 and a half. Hackett's out of the job. Russell Wilson and this team are pitiful. I mean, of course, Hackett's going to get the axe, though, because you invested an absurd amount of money into Russell Wilson. Um, this offense, you went from Vic Vangio, who built you a fantastic defense, and then you arguably downgraded when you thought you were upgrading with an offensive-minded guy in Hackett. Russell Wilson, Russell Wilson comes in, but you're paying the man an insane amount of money for a guy who honestly isn't performing better than Drew Locke at this point, in my opinion. Um, I don't know the path forward for the Broncos, and they are catching the Chiefs here as the Chiefs start to ramp things up, but two and a half is a big spread. Do the Broncos have enough fight after getting the bejesus kicked out of them by the Rams to cover a 12-point spread this week? Gosh, I forgot how that Rams game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Um, no, I personally don't think they do. I think this doesn't strike me as a team that's going to start playing inspiring football for an interim head coach. Um, <laughs> and they already played the Chiefs not too long ago at home and went down 28 0 in the first half. Obviously, the Chiefs then came out in the second half, let off the gas pedal, and, you know, Denver made somewhat of a game out of it so maybe a backdoor opportunity but still i don't think it's happening here at this point in the season so while i will probably not be betting on this ridiculous spread i would say kansas city is much better option yeah i'm not betting it um but kansas city would be my backing in this spot this this is just i mean the denver broncos are crawling to the end of the season they are just trying to get out of this year with as least amount of injuries at this point in time and the least amount of damage um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in this offseason. Obviously, the rumors are already swirling about Sean Payton because the pure numbers that the Broncos organization has to be able to throw out a head coach is ungodly. They can match any offer that's out there because they do have a ton of money as an organization group. But 
the little kind of wrench in this whole plan is Sean Payton is apparently linking up with Vic Fangio to be his defensive coordinator. So, (laughs) you know, Sean Payton doesn't strike me as a guy that loyalty matters all that much compared to a checkbook, but if they throw enough zeros at him, but if he's got Vic Vangio and he is staying loyal to him, oof, man, I don't know if they're getting Sean Payton this offseason. Yeah, <laughs> that could be a little awkward. My initial thought when I saw that report is, I know the Chargers have clinched the playoff spot, but like fire Brandon Stanley immediately. Could you imagine Sean Payton being the offensive coordinator for the Chargers and Vic Vangio running that defense? Only thing stopping that team is is their injury report. It's like the that's it. That are bound to happen. Yeah. The medical staff over in Chargers land. It's the only thing stopping that team. I agree with that. <laughs> oh my God. Would that be, a, that would be a scary team. Um, yes, but yeah, is. I'm with you. I think the chiefs would be the side to back, but I am, I'm not putting my hard earned cash on that game. Colts yeah. giants don't have a lot of interest in this game outside of the nah. giants. Do think, I think are the side here. Um, they're just a better coach team. I mean, it's as simple as that. Um, schematically, they play a much better system. They're much more in line and in tune to playing good football. Um, the Colts are just, they're dead team walking. It's an embarrassment to the sport of football, what they've done over there. Um, and yeah, that's all I really have on it. Yeah, I'm with you. The Giants just have much more to play for. Um, I mean, both teams did just recently play the Vikings and well, we saw what Indy did. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, I mean that's kind of how I'm using it, kind of looking at that and just indeed what a what a joke going on over there. So yeah, give me give me the Giants. That's what makes this whole situation worse because the the way they sold Jeff Saturday was he was a guy that's going to bring energy to the building and fight. Nothing yeah. says fight like letting up the biggest comeback in NFL history. You know what screams this team's got fight in them? That what an absolute load of baloney that was. Oh, my God. This team stinks. They don't have fight. Give me a break. Zero fight. They got about as much fight as my uh, roommate's golden doodle who, like, loses its <laughs> mind anytime somebody comes in. That's about as much fight as this Colts team has. All right. The revenge game. Seahawks-Jets. Jets are flying across country to play Geno Smith and Pete Carroll. Two guys that do have an investment in this game as Pete Carroll was let go by the Jets back in the day. And, well, we know the Geno Smith story with the Jets. The line is set at one and a half, over under 41 and a half. Now, Zach Wilson is done in New York. This team has rallied behind Mike White. But, like I said, there is a bit of a revenge factor here for the Seattle Seahawks. How do you make this game out? Because this is an interesting one on the board, I think. This is actually, in my opinion, a very interesting one because it's, it's two seven and eight teams, two teams that started off like, I don't know, probably like six and three. I don't know, something. Yeah. Like, I mean, they started off really good. Um, and they're both, both obviously have been uh, starting to drown here. I do think the Jets, like you said, they are a different team under Mike White. Um, so that that is a big difference there. Um but Seattle, unfortunately, this is very unfortunate, but we are seeing Gino come back to earth. Yes. It was here. fun while it lasted, though. <laughs> it was. It was very fun while it lasted. It'll be interesting. He still, I think he still made the Pro Bowl. It'll be interesting yeah. to see what Seattle does at quarterback in the offseason here. Um, I think, like I've said before, I think best case scenario for Gino is probably just to stay where he's at. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is an interesting game. I, I don't, I think Seattle is a team, they, they seem to like to pass the ball a lot, even though we, they have a running game and I get worried about that Jets secondary because it is good. Um, so yeah. I, I lean Jets, but then also I'm looking at this money line and it's Seattle at home and it's like, dang, I'm like, Oh, I really do want to take them here, but I would probably lean Jets. 
Yeah, big time home field advantage. One of the other spots we talk all the time about the Vikings home field advantage. Seattle's definitely got one of those. Um, it is interesting with the Jets because if Quentin Williams wasn't playing this game, I think I, I, I lean Seahawks. But with him back, we do see that that interior line is just different. There is more fight in that line, and that does not bode well for a Seahawks team who has some banged up guys in their backfield, but Kenneth Walker's playing through that. He's playing well. Um, it, it, it's a tough matchup across the board. I don't necessarily hate maybe throwing the Seahawks in a teaser and teasing them up past right. the seven. Um, I don't know if I'll do that, but I don't necessarily hate it. But yeah, it, it, this is a tough one. It's an interesting watch because both teams are on the bubble. Both teams have a lot to play for. My initial gut goes white, but without having seen him play post-rib injury, I don't feel comfortable enough putting money on the Jets here. But, man, this this is an interesting game and a good watch for that 4 o'clock spot because the other 4 o'clock games I don't think have much of a much of a bite yeah. to them, which leads yeah. us right to the 49ers Raiders. Big news of the week. Derek Carr being benched in Las Vegas, which seems to spell the, the end of his career there. The line's at 9.5, over under 41.5. I don't see how the Raiders have a shot here. The 49ers are playing, in my opinion, the best football right now in the National Football League. There are some arguments for some other teams. I'm not saying it's definitive, but to my eyeballs, that's the team that's playing the best, which is incredible when you think about the injuries they've sustained. Um, But they just keep on rolling. Greg, (laughs) Greg, uh, Kittle has been my absolute bet every week to score a touchdown the last two weeks. That baby's cashed the last two weeks. I'll probably bet it here again this week. Um, what do you make of this game, though, at 9.5, and, and what more do you make about the card news and, and him being benched at this point in the season? Well, uh, all I'll say is don't be surprised if you hear reports of, you know, my team you know, throwing the old ball up and taking a swing at another, uh, another veteran quarterback <laughs> that's been uh, thrown off from his old team. You don't and the Colts. Yeah, yeah, the Colts. <laughs> that's, that's a good point could totally see him in India as well. Um, so yeah, don't be surprised, if, especially if Rivera's still around, if you see Ron go after Carr. He's he's a high-character guy. Ron loves guys like that. And I think Carr is, Carr is like, we know he's a very good guy. I, I think his, his play is kind of, well, I don't know how great it is anymore. Yeah. Um, but he is a guy you'd probably want on your team in your locker room. But um, going into this game here, you got to like San Francisco. It's just like we've said before, they just suffocate teams. Their defense is so nasty. And oh God, I mean, Brock so Purdy is, he's figured it out. I, I, it's unbelievable. I, he, I watched him every snap he took last week. He played a good game. Yeah. I don't know what it's ridiculous. Um, so yeah, I have to go to San Fran here. Obviously the McCaffrey thing has worked out very well for them. Um, shocker. We've made it, you know, I don't want to jinx them, but we've basically made it through the whole season. And Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barkley are still playing. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I'd go San Fran here. They're just they're just way more put together right now. Vegas is just, it's a shit show. Every guy who's drafted Christian McCaffrey and Barkley the last, like, four years in their fantasy leagues and this year decided not to are just screaming to the high hells about that one. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Brock's Brock is doing what, so many quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks, fail to do when they enter the league, and that is simply play within the system. Too many guys try to play outside the system and play like their college selves, making big explosive plays and trying to push down the ball down the field. And it's just in your rookie and first couple of years, you just haven't adjusted to the speed of the game. You you aren't as good as you think you are yet. You still have to refine your skills. And he's doing the simple thing. Just play within the system and 
goddamn is that working well for the 49ers um better than anybody had expected and that is hard to do just to play in the system like the way i'm saying it is i'm making it sound easy it's not easy but like that has been his biggest attribute is he you know that was the zach wilson criticism i'd have the games where zach wilson would play within the system in the jets he'd have a half decent game when he tried to do his old college nonsense that's when everything fell off and speaking about a team who's in dangerous territory to pick up car the, the Jets are just good enough where they might be like, you know what, I don't know what to do at quarterback. Let's go out and get Garrett Carr, and that is going to be, talk about a risky move, putting your chips into the middle of the table. Yeah. But that's a team that I could see getting potentially swindled on the Carr thing if it doesn't work out. Me too, for sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, the 49ers, I, I think, are the play here. They're just they're too good of a team, yeah. well-rounded of a team. The Raiders are incompetent. I mean, that is that's a situation... That's really bad, but hey, as Trophy Kids listeners, you guys are all cashing under Raiders money, as I said, under eight wins this season, and that ticket is cashing beautifully. That's beautiful. Vikings-Packers, lines at three, over, under, 48.5. Packers are the favorite, and I don't know if there is a team that has more polar opposites or either one way or the other. Vikings are frauds, or the Vikings are great, and their record is indicative of how great they are. But that seems to be the two polar ends that everybody in the media is on. The Packers, on the other hand, they're getting, I think, a lot of better perceptions given how they've played recently, but still are still very weak in a lot of ways. What do we make of this game? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Vikings are, you know, I don't know if I call them frauds, they're fraudulent. Um, yeah. You know, I, I would like for the standings to remain how they are in the NFC because that's the team that I would like to play. Absolutely. Um, honestly, so yeah, I hope everything works out there. Um, but at the same time, I mean, you're giving me plus 156 on the Vikings money line? Are you kidding me? You, you already know how I am. I, I cannot pass up that opportunity. The Packers, obviously, we, we saw what happened week one. Week one, that's like, might as well be three years ago. It doesn't really matter. But I mean, they smoked the Packers week one. We already, we don't, we don't know for sure if Christian Watson's going to play. Um, and he's got a hip injury. That's uh, that sounds painful. I don't know. I don't, I've never really hurt my hip. Um, but for a guy that relies on his speed, that does sound yeah. like a like a like a painful one. <laughs> yeah, sounds like it might be an issue. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I cannot pass up on the opportunity to um, to take the money line here. And if you want something that I think is the safest bet ever, just use the Vikings in a teaser. I mean, I think they'll be fine then. Yep. Um, I'm with you. Because the way you have to beat the Vikings is you have to be able to take advantage of their soft secondary. Teams that pass the ball well play well against the Vikings. The concern is exactly as you said. What is Watson going to be like even if he does play? And there's a potential he does not play. And he's a guy that, if we're being honest, he's not a tactician route runner. He's a guy that relies on his speed to get open. Um, And he's fast as blazes, and he could become a tactician route runner someday in his career. But that's not where he's at now. So if his hips limiting him in that factor, you know, what is the Packers offense going to look like? Because we've seen the Packers offense when Watts is not going and it is brutally ugly. Um, so I don't know if they have the power to take advantage of the Vikings here. And I think we've, we've been pretty honest about the Vikings. Their record is definitely not a reflection of, of their talent. They're they're I would argue worse than their record, but some would say your record is what your record is and that's how good you are. I think they are a flawed team, but the way they win close football games, you can't tell me they're not a good team. Sure, they have some things break their way, but to be in that many close games, to have those big comebacks, that's a good football team. Are they a great football team? That's yet to be seen. Um, but yeah, I'm with you. The underdogs are barking this week, and I, I can't pass up that value, especially plus 100 on 
three-point spread. I mean, oh, yeah, I, I can't take that. Uh, leave that up for debate. Rams Chargers, line six and a half, over under 42 and a half. Baker looked mighty comfortable last week in that scheme. Talk about another guy who just found his way to play in the scheme. They kept him clean and he looked comfortable. And the Raiders, or the Raiders, the Rams were off and running. Now they're getting a different look team in Brandon Staley, who does a decent job week to week scheming wise. Now he is inconsistent, so we'll see what we get there. Justin Herbert is doing Justin Herbert things like always, but the injury bug is the biggest concern here. With the Rams' recent win, ass-kicking they put down, does that give them enough juice here to stay within a six-and-a-half number against the Chargers? At six-and-a-half, I I kind of think so. I mean, I think they just they play just smart football right now. Baker's just taken in, finally getting, like, real legit offensive coaching maybe for the first time in his yeah. career um so you know it seems like he's taking it in just playing playing within himself cam Akers is playing very well um mm-hmm. so yeah i i don't you know i think the chargers win this game but the chargers always find ways to make it more interesting than it should be yep. they always find ways to make it closer than it should be so yeah i would take the rams at six and a half yeah, when I was looking at this game, the Chargers, I think, should probably win this game. The problem is is the Rams match up stylistically pretty well against what the Chargers struggle with. Mm-hmm. And their ability for the Rams, if you can continue to keep Baker clean, we've always said it. We've been, we've been honest and straight to the point. Baker is not an elite quarterback, but he's a good enough quarterback to win you games in this football league. Probably borderline 15 guy. Somewhere in that 16 to 15 range is probably where he's at, but he's good enough to win you games. And we saw it last week. You keep him clean. He plays within the system. It's tough to beat him because that's what he does. Um, So yeah, I I like them to stay in the number here. I haven't placed a wager on them yet, but I, I do like the Rams in this game. This next one is a game that I do have in my teaser. Steelers, Ravens. Lines at two and a half over under 35 and a half. Whoo, man, this is an ugly game. I do not understand why this is the 821 game on Sunday night. I think the NFL is just wants to give us just the worst game ever because there is a juggernaut on Monday. Um, yeah. But tough game to have in the 830 slot. Real tough. I agree, especially in you know, the... the we're in the season of flexing games right now. So mm-hmm. I, I, I know it's a classic rivalry and they've had some, you know, bitter games in the past, but I'll be honest, Nate, when we were, I don't know, let's say 13, 14, 15 years old, and they had these, you know, crazy playoff games. I still thought they were boring. They played so often. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sucked. So this game sucks even when these teams were good. And it sucks now that they're both kind of poor, even though Baltimore still has a good record. Um, I, I would just go with, Baltimore just because it's in Baltimore it's at night so I'll, I'll take the Ravens but this game sucks <laughs> yeah this game sucks and also the Pro Bowl not doing itself a good service here with Huntley getting voted as the fourth alternate I mean what are what are we doing folks like what uh, <laughs> what is going joke. on complete joke come on now come on um yeah I like the Steelers though in the teaser I do not like them at two and a half I am not betting them at two and a half but teasing them up to the eight through the seven like and three I very much like because to the point that you just made, I don't see how this is a high-scoring affair at all. I mean, the under is set at, what, 35.5? You're giving me a six or six-and-a-half-point teaser, eight, nine points for the Steelers? Yeah, I think they're going to stay in that. Kenny Pickett has been wildly inconsistent, but, I mean, they run the balls. This is a, a rivalry game, just like you said, not a lot of offense. 
Lamar's not playing in this game. Let's be honest yep. about it. They're hold they're gonna hold him out. Um Huntley's not, I don't think, gonna be able to perform very well in this game. It's a low scoring affair. Tease the Steelers up in your teaser bets, people, and thank us later. That that's how I'm playing this game. Steelers, I'm not once again, not betting them plus two and a half. If you're betting them straight up, yeah, I think the Ravens are the play. But in a teaser, blow through that seven number. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right. The juggernaut of juggernaut games. The game of games this week in a field of bad games. A game that when I looked at tickets, standing room cost two fifty, which is just absolute I've never paid two fifty to see a Bengals game for I could buy four tickets for that the last couple of years. <laughs> two fifty for standing room. What are we doing in Cincinnati? But that is the price you pay for being a successful football team playing a juggernaut game on Monday. Bills come to town. Line is at one and a half. Bills are favored over under forty nine and a half. And whew, how are we making this game out? This is an awesome game. I hope yep. this lives up to it because this is an awesome game. Um, Bengals, hottest team in the NFL. Yep. Um, they are on fire. I feel pretty good about them, believe it or not, in this game. Um, look, I love Josh Allen, but Josh Allen is – do you feel he's making some, some like, boneheaded plays in the last, like, month? Yeah. Uh, like, seriously, just like, what are you doing kind of plays? Um, that were like we saw in the first two years out of Josh Allen. I mean, he's still a freak. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, but he has been making some boneheaded plays. I could foresee him making some boneheaded plays against this, you know, very tough Bengals defense, especially in the second half, as we know. Yep. Um, so, yeah, give me give me the Bengals here, for sure. I've, I've been wondering and pondering that a lot and trying to give thought to that, and I think this is the biggest loss of Brian Dable because – Brian Dable, this happens every year with Josh Allen. He gets a couple game stretch where he just kind of starts doing bozo things. Um, but Brian Dable, in the later part, was able to kind of reel him back in, make adjustments to the system, and then they were able to hit that kind of late half-second gear of the season. Ken Dorsey does not seem to have that ability right now. I have not been overly impressed in the way that this offense has developed over the season, and that's what scares me here if you're going to take the Bills, is that second half because Lou Amarillo will eat your lunch in the second half. We have seen it week in and week out for the most part this season. The guy is arguably the best defensive coordinator in the league right now. If you like Bills, you probably are going to want to bet the first half number. I could see the Bills maybe coming out swinging early and catching the Bengals off guard because the Bengals are a team that has gotten off to starts. We know that's not abnormal for them. And then the offense starts getting cooking, and that defense just gets on you like an anaconda and chokes the living life out of you um right. so bill's first half might be a, a bet but outside of that yeah i like the Bengals here they're red hot offensively joe burrow is feeling himself now he's feeling comfortable in the pocket which has been a big thing there's a lot of trust i think that's been built with that offensive line over the season especially as that offensive line was struggling in the first part of the season trying to feel itself out with all these new pieces the collins injury is a big 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 miss. Um, that's going to be hard to see. Maybe Whitworth gets a call here in the next week or so to see if he wants to make a little playoff run and some magic happen in Cincinnati. Good. That'd be quite nice. Um, we'll Could see. Happen. Could happen. But yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bengals are the overall play here. It's going to. I hope this game lives up to it. But if you want to be a Bills backer, I think the first half is the way you play that because I I could yeah. see the Bills coming out swinging early, and then the Bengals counterpunching. So I feel much comfortable, more comfortable as that, but Bengals long-term on this game. I, I God, I hope this game works out the way we see it because it's going to be a good and Such a good matchup. All right. Any final thoughts before we uh, sign off this week? No, nothing crazy. I mean, I just, 
like I said, I like that Vikings money line, and even the the plus three is giving back even money. I, I don't yeah. I don't really know what's going on there. <laughs> I, it, I, it's I think chaos within the market. I think there's a thought that the Vikings are worse than they are. There's an overreaction to them being bad and fraud, and I think there's an overreaction to the Packers' recent resurgence offensively. But the biggest problem once again is that Watson hip. I mean, if he can't use his speed, how does this team? Beat the Vikings defensively. Like, I, I just, I don't know how they take advantage of that matchup because they, they haven't been able to show if Watson isn't getting going, that offense doesn't get going passing wise. Pretty much, yep. Simple evaluation. I'll tweet out Pretty the good. full teaser bet on at Trophy Gets Pod social, so make sure to check that out. We gave out the bets we are betting this week. Any thoughts on the uh, playoff games this week? I know we don't usually dip into the college realm, but you don't have to give out picks. But any, any general thoughts? No, not, not nothing major. It's just uh, it's nice that we can just chill and have a long weekend and watch games. It's gonna be great. It's so awesome. I do I do feel bad for the Michigan TCU game because I do believe the national championship is happening between Georgia and Ohio State. It's just oh, yeah. that's my opinion. I don't think even if I hope we get a Michigan Ohio State national championship game, that, that would be wild, bonkers. I don't think I don't that's think gonna that's happen. Happening. No, I don't either. But man, would that be absolute bonk? I mean, that'd be the greatest game of all time. Hype wise, oh, yeah. I don't know if it play out that way, but leading up to that, oh my god, that'd be amazing! Oh, yeah, and some of our actually, I'm sure a lot of our listeners won't like to hear this, but I think I'd go with Michigan. <laughs> yeah, it would be an interesting one. I, I that that's gonna be the problem for Ohio State with Jalen Carter back for Georgia. They're gonna get that offensive line's gonna have its hands full, and we'll see. Stroud has shown that he needs a clean pocket. I'll be breaking that down, that game down individually later this week, so make sure you are subscribed. But whew, it's gonna be a good weekend. I'm this time of year is just it's so great um so as always happy betting and we'll talk to you next week peace